Hey everybody, this is Kaysen, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids, This is Titans Talk with Kaysen, an unofficial Tennessee Titans podcast. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, my mom. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how about you? (laughs) I'm good, you know me, always happy to be sitting next to you in the studio. We have been, gosh, it's hard to believe we've been living in the pandemic for over a year. I wanted to get your perspective on it because being a grown-up and going through all of this, it's nice to take a pause in life and we've had to shift and pivot and do different things. But but that's because we know it's not going to be forever, however it felt like it. But then your young life, you know, you and your brother, I just wanted to find out from you personally what you are feeling about it one year later. It's just it's just flown by so fast. I remember I remember one year ago I was just chilling at home and then uh you told me that uh we're not going to be going back to school for a couple of weeks because of a sickness. I'm like, "Okay, that's fine with me." But then as it went on, stuff kept getting delayed. Um stuff started shutting down we couldn't go into like stores or restaurants anymore and then all of a sudden before i knew the world was pretty much just on lockdown pause whatever you want to call it and it was just a really odd time like not not uh going out as much not uh seeing other people having to wear a cloth face mask over your uh nose and mouth so I think that the fact that we have made it through all of that mm-hmm. ha- um, is just is just blowing my mind because yeah. because um, we've we persevered through so much and I'm just I'm just really proud of how of how people have handled this. Personally speaking, it's been kind of a learning experience. It's also been kind of a bonding experience because I've kind of. Instead of uh, going to school, going to restaurants, going to a store, we've all we've all been kind of uh, stuck in this little pod mm-hmm. uh, known as home, and <laughs> we've really gotten to kind of known each other. We've gotten create we we sometimes uh, have um, have gotten on each other's nerves, but yeah, no. yeah. I mean, this has just been kind of a bonding experience. It's been a learning experience, and. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna get through this. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the vaccines here. Yeah. Uh, everyone's starting to get back into their normal lives. Uh, sports sports stadiums are starting to allow fans again. So that's that's a bit of normalcy. Hearing fans uh scream at the top of their lungs, "Go insert team name here, go." <laughs> and as your mom, I am super proud of how you and Trevin have adjusted to everything because. You guys stayed home. You still are doing remote learning, and we're really hopeful that you'll be able to be back in the classroom uh, come the start of the school year in August, I guess, and that's just a few short months away. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to take a minute and, and acknowledge that. So I'm glad to see you back in here. We're cranking out another episode, and I'm super excited about it. Can you tell your listener a little bit about what's happening on the show today? Well, we have a very special guest rejoining us today. Yay! We saw him back in October when the Titans were dealing with their little COVID problem. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 
So we um so we thought it, it might be cool to have him back um since we haven't seen him in a while. He's Mr. Jim Wyatt from TennesseeTitans.com. <laughs> I gotta say, I love how you're uh, expressing the different words like Tennessee Titans. How did you say it at the beginning? Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, Mr. Jim Wyatt joining us in our virtual studio. We were so lucky to have him take some time out because this is an extremely busy time. Right now, we talked to him about his experience with the 2020 season and what else. Well, we also talked about what he's doing this off season. We also talked about free agency, and he explained the salary cap to us, which kind of helped me during this whole free agency thing because mm-hmm. it'll be a lot more easier to know how much money we have. Can we afford this guy? Can we not afford this guy? Yep. And I'm really excited for this year's free agency. Oh, yeah, me too. And he really broke it down so that I could understand it, too, as well as your listeners. So we, again, are super grateful that Jim was able to take some time to join us in the studio. We think that you are really going to enjoy this episode. And if you love this show, please follow us. And if you feel like sharing a review with us, we would be grateful. That way others can hear about it and be sure to share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Mr. Jim Wyatt. He's the one, the only, Mr. Jim Wyatt from TennesseeTitans.com. We love the air horn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it's not my alarm clock. (laughs) Same. How are you, Mr. Jim Wyatt? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing well. We are doing well. It's so good to see you. It's like seeing a family member we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> you know, I think the last time we saw you was from far, far away. I feel like Up Close was still far, far away when yeah. we were at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Yeah, that was a good, uh, that was a good day. It, yes, was it was a really good day. Yeah. <laughs> Walking out of there with a dub was perfection. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So we just wanted to find out a little bit from you what you've been or what your thoughts were from the season and if uh, what you've been up to since. Just whatever time okay. you have would be great. That sounds good. Okay. So uh, how would you summarize last season in one sentence? Uh, <laughs> unprecedented, I guess, is uh, is one word, and uh, and hopefully it's uh, we'll never have another another season like that again. I mean, th- there were some positive from it. I'll say that as far as uh, being able to be at games and how you go about doing your work. But um, I, I guess doing the job for so long and, um, and kind of used to certain things, it was, it was an adjustment for a number of reasons, not only from travel, but from covering games, covering practices, getting to know the players, kind of being up close and personal, seeing a lot of stuff. It was uh, you're really limited on what you can do. Still a fun season, and I will say this: I mean, if you'd asked me back in July or August whether we'd make it through the season, or even I think the last time we talked when the Titans were in the middle of their COVID nightmare, uh, I never would have dreamed that we'd have a successful season, get all the games in, uh, get a Super Bowl in. So I'm very thankful that uh, it happened, but uh, I hope. 
it's back closer to normal in 2021. I think I think every football fan's hoping that it can get back to normal next year. So, Jim, what was your favorite moment at home at Nissan Stadium from the 2020 season? Well, I think the most memorable game, and I think also provided the most memorable moment, was the Buffalo game uh, after everything the Titans went through, uh, you know, from a you know coronavirus standpoint, uh, you know, all the, the 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 games that were delayed and postponed. And then had Buffalo back on the schedule, and and certainly the Titans were criticized a lot across the league for, um, you know, for how they handled you know everything. I thought the team handled it well, but they just kind of became a punching bag for everybody. And then to have a Tuesday night game against Buffalo, uh, and for the Titans to play the way they the way that they did. I thought it was really, um, really cool. And I think Derek Henry, Steph Arm with Josh Norman, uh, I think qualifies as my me- most memorable uh, moment of Nissan Stadium uh, in 2020. There were some other great games. I mean, the Houston game at home, the overtime game was was a classic. You know, the game Lions where they, where they scored 46 points and had some big plays in that game. That was really fun. But, you know, the Buffalo game Tuesday night, Derrick Henry, Steph Armand, Josh Norman, and the Titans to win in, in resounding fashion like they did uh, was pretty cool. And I know if, if this was a video version, I'd show you the football that they gave all the um, Titans employees after that. I can show, I'll go grab it if you want. Wow. And you can't see it wow. on just the audio version, but um, they gave out footballs to everybody in the organization. If you do that, that would be great because we could, I'll screenshot it and then I can post it uh, when I share the podcast. You got one minute, one second, right? Get it. Of course. We have a lot of time. Okay. So they gave these to, uh, to everyone on the team, which says, okay. And it says, it says COVID hell with us versus everybody else. Game ball presented to Jim White. They gave one of these to everybody in the organization. Titans 42, Bills 16, October 13, 2020. So, wow. Yeah, pretty cool. So that was uh, that was a, a, certainly a, uh, a memorable uh, game, provided a memorable moment. And, uh, and during a season that I don't think anyone will ever forget, it, um, you know, it certainly stood out to me. Was that the first time that you had ever received a game ball like that from the team? I got a game ball. Yeah, you know, for uh, I've got a couple. You know, for play playoff clinching wins. You know, the playoff win in Foxborough last year got one like that too. I've gotten a handful over the years. Uh, certainly, I don't earn them for anything I do on the field, but uh, lucky enough to get them. Uh, kind of a participation trophy for me. I was a part of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually participate in the game, but was certainly a part of it in some fashion. Well, I'm going to say on behalf of Titans fans around the world, you are 100% deserving of any trophy that you get for the oh, yeah. stellar writing and uh, bringing us with you on Periscope and all of the work that you do for Titans fans. You really go above and beyond. And so... I think that you should get a football. I think you should get a game ball every week. That's my opinion. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, we speak truth. <laughs> so what was your favorite, uh, favorite moment away from Nissan Stadium? 
And boy, there's certainly a lot of them there too. I mean, that, uh, and I'm going to roll, you know, Mike Keith and Amy Wells give me a lot of grief because when they ask a question about one thing, I always list four or five. I'll ultimately pick one thing, but I'm going to mention several to get there. I mean, the, the opener in Denver, first game in an empty stadium. Uh, I'll never forget that. I mean, sitting in the middle of a bunch of cardboard cutouts, doing my periscope, kind of doing my pregame work. I'm usually on the field, did it from the stands. Uh, and then obviously that game was crazy. Guskowski had a nightmarish game and ends up kicking a field goal to win it. That was very memorable. The game in Minnesota was uh, was crazy. The Titans went 31 to 30 on a Guskowski field goal. Another game without fans. Um, Cincinnati, we'll forget that one. That was awful. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, Indianapolis, where I saw you guys tight yeah. 45, 26, and a bunch of crazy uh with a bunch of crazy plays. That was a memorable game. What about the Baltimore one? I'm gonna get that. That's gonna be number one for me. I was gonna save the best to last. Uh uh Green Bay uh in the snow. I told you guys about my dad's jacket. I was wearing my dad's winter coat up there he bought in 1966, wearing it in the snowstorm in Lambeau. Terrible game, but but uh, <laughs> but it was a cool uh, setting to see. Yeah. So Houston seeing um, Derrick Henry go over two thousand provided the most memorable moment for me. Uh, obviously, with with Derrick getting two thousand twenty seven, but the most memorable game was the Baltimore game thirty to twenty four. Uh, you know, and, and certainly if you think back to the way that pl- the season ended with the playoff loss against the Ravens and some of the bad blood that goes all the way back to, you know, 2000, uh, you know, from my early days of covering the team, that made that game even more special and to win it in walk-off fashion with the Derrick Henry touchdown run uh, makes that number the most memorable game, uh, you know, in 2020 for me. And so what were your challenges with traveling what did you find to be the most difficult thing to get used to during the 2020 season you know it was challenging for so many reasons uh you know during the course of the season you know you're not in the locker room talking to guys like you are on a regular basis you're able to attend practices but you keep your state a distance uh you know there are still guys on this team that I've never met. I mean, some some of the draft picks I've talked to on Zoom and and you see them at practice, but never shook their hand or introduced yourself to them just because, it, because of the limitations because of COVID. And there will be guys that played for the Titans in 2020 who will come and go that I've never would have, you know, seen uh, in the locker room. So that that's different. Um, and, and doing everything on Zoom throughout the course of the week, uh, all the interviews with the coaches, all the interviews with the uh, players was challenging. The travel was different for sure. Uh, when I worked for the Tennessean covering the Titans from 1999 to 2014, I flew commercial, booked my own travel, stayed on stayed on my own. But since I started working for the team in 2015, I was always on the you know always been on the team plane, on the team buses, staying at the team hotel. Uh, it. I couldn't do that this year. There were a number of reasons. You had to be a certain tier to do it. But then, you know, and there's some people that are in my job on other teams who would kind of fight to get to a certain tier level uh, so they could travel. I I knew it was in my best interest to probably travel separate just because 
when you travel with the team, you you watch the game. I try to bang out a story real quick when the game ends. I'm rushing down the locker room to do interviews. I'm trying to write on the bus before the plane takes off because you don't know what Wi-Fi is going to be like. This year, with everything on Zoom, I wouldn't have been able to do my job after the game well because these Zoom calls were starting up you know, within 10 minutes of the game ending. And I'm if I was traveling with the team, I would have wouldn't have been able to do those. I mean, I've been rushing downstairs to try to get on the bus to get, you know, get ahead of the airport. So it sense for me to travel separate. So I flew separate. Uh and instead I usually would leave on the Saturday, but I always left on the Saturday before the game. Uh on Mondays, you know, like I said in years past, you would travel back Sunday after the game. I picked the last flight out on Monday night because I knew Mike Vrabel's conference call was going to be around 1130 or 12. In the past, you try to rush back, you know, the beat writers who cover the team out for outside organizations. They always try to get back in time for the Vrabel press conference. Well, if, if Vrabel's on Zoom, it made sense for me just to work from the opposing team city. So whether it was Denver or Minneapolis or Baltimore, I was flying back Monday night. A, because I could work from the opposing team city. Monday's always a very busy day for me. But two, I wanted to avoid the crowds at the airport. And uh, and I got on a lot of, you know, eight, nine o'clock flights coming back on Monday evening just to avoid having people, you know, around me. There were a lot of flights. There was nobody on my road, nobody on the road beside me. Most flights, I will say, uh, because I picked really early flights going a lot of times, late flights coming back. I didn't have people next to me. It wasn't until late in the season, maybe going to Houston. The Houston trip, uh, Southwest flights to Houston were, were packed flights. Those are the only packed flights I was on all season. But I thought that worked for me, uh, you know, from a travel standpoint, doing it that way. Uh, you know, as far as when I come back uh, from games, you know, my wife is, is I've got to have a great wife who certainly very understanding of my schedule and knows, you know, what the job entails, but she also is, try, she try, is trying to avoid getting the coronavirus herself. She's a type one diabetic. She's on an insulin pump. I realize I'm traveling. I, I didn't feel like I put myself in danger being at games and being in hotels. I never ate in restaurants during the course of the year, I always get takeout. But I do realize going through the airport, you're going to put yourself in a position where you have a greater chance to, you know, to get the virus. Um, so when I, I made the, the, I told her, if I travel, go to these games this year, when I get back, I'll wear a mask, you know, for 14 days after I get back, I'll sleep in the spare bedroom. I probably slept in the same bed with my wife. Uh, probably I could count on one hand, uh, all just because it seemed like every time one 14 day period was over after a road trip, I was getting ready to go on another trip. So I stayed in the spare bedroom, wore a mask in the house all the way through the season. And we were fortunate, knock on wood, to, uh, I, I didn't get it. Um, uh, my wife is, um, is, has, didn't get it either. She's a school teacher. She's already had her first COVID shot. Hopefully I'll get mine at some point before too soon. And, uh, but I very felt very fortunate to be able to get through the season, be able to do my job differently, and then uh, and then I was able to go to the Super Bowl too. I was very happy about that. I wish the Titans would have been in there, but it was neat to be in the bowl uh, in a socially distant stadium and kind of being sitting in the in the masses in the crowd, being a part of that. It was uh, you know Super Bowl is always kind of an a, a, 
you know, somewhat emotional day for me because it kind of caps off a year and you kind of think about everything you did during the course of that year. It was certainly like that for me this year, you know, just kind of made through and made it through an unprecedented year. Very thankful again to be able to do my job, to have the job that I have, to be able to cover, you know, great events and get to do so many cool things. I was very appreciative when I was in Tampa, you know, in February, uh, putting a, putting a, a wrap on another season. And what a perfect place to do that. I mean, and it's, I'm sure that in your heart, you, you had your family with you, um, you know, and like you said, you're just reflecting through the season and it really, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago about you should get a game ball every week. There's truly some sacrifices that people don't realize that are made from behind the scenes in order to make this job happen. The And the entertainment that we get from the the Titans, there is a lot of personal sacrifice. And so we want to say thank you so much again for that you. because you helped make the season even more spectacular than it, you know, we, like you said at the beginning, we had a season that we never thought we would have. And so, you know, we, we thank you. And, and uh, that's really amazing what you went through and thank God where it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was glad to be a part of it. I mean, I always try to feel, I think I've told you guys before, I mean, whenever I travel, whenever I do my job, I kind of do it, you know, do it for, you know, for the fans, people who cover the Titans, I try to take them places that they, especially in the year where they couldn't go to games. I mean, there were games, empty stadiums. I want to give them as much access as I possibly could. Obviously, I couldn't give them as much access as years past just because I didn't have access that I had in years past. Yeah. But people tried to do the periscopes and do the Twitter and uh, and try to kind of take them with me. And uh, and I, you know, I feel so lucky to have the job I have. I mean, I, the Cason and young man who who's got great aspirations and wants to be in the business. And I was lucky enough to kind of get a chance to do that and uh, uh, you know work in my hometown covering an NFL team. I never thought we'd have a team here and uh, get paid to do it. I mean, it's um, I'm am very fortunate to have the job that I have and. Uh, You'll never hear me complaining about, you know, getting up early to take flights and, and, uh, you know, I had some travel. I'm not going to get into some travel issues. I had flying commercial this year, but. Uh, Can only <laughs> imagine. People don't hear that. I was glad to be there. <laughs> yeah, it was my trip back from Green Bay. Uh, the game ended at Sunday night. I guess I got back to uh, Nashville on two on Tuesday night around 11 o'clock. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, because of a nightmares try, I had to spend an extra night in Detroit that I had not planned on on a trip to Green Bay. Oh so, no! Hear that stuff about it, but I'll do it all over again because it's uh, I've got a pretty uh, lucky to have the job I have. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot easier to fly with the team. I realize that again. If I didn't know that already, it's a lot easier to fly with the team because they you you go you know through the tournament. You don't have to go through the regular tournament. You just kind of go through. Uh, um, you go through a check-in when you travel. You uh, you uh, you know you walk on the tarmac and get on the plane. They take you from plane to bus to hotel. Then you get from bus to plane and back. It's the easiest travel you can ever uh, have. But um, so I, I was reminded of that uh, this year, being back on the commercial flights. But I'd do it. I'd do it every week if I had to. If I have to do it, if that's the way it is moving forward. 
I'll, I'll do it next year. Yeah. Wow. Totally wow. amazing. Wow. So that's, that, that's, def- that's definitely advent- an adventure. Yeah, it was fun. And I'm glad we were able to get in uh, 17 games, uh, which it would have been more than that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. It was, again, something that we never thought would happen. Yeah. But so what are you up to since the season has ended? Now, the reason why we're coming to you so late, I mean, it is, you know, we're recording this on March 8th. Uh, we had a hard time finishing up our seat, like coming back and doing a season finale because we were so sad over the Baltimore loss. <laughs> we said, <laughs> no, we've got to have some morning time. And so we're event, we're coming out of the clouds and, and or coming out of the darkness rather and and getting back into the world of, of Titan. So is there anything that you can share with the listener that uh, you're working on right now that uh, going forward and, and in preparation for the upcoming 2021 season? Well, kind of getting geared up for next week. I mean, it, it's been a pretty busy off season for me. I mean, obviously again, with COVID, everything changes. Uh, but I still went to the senior bowl this year and, and, you know, obviously. Yeah, we saw that. That was awesome. Yeah. So I had some things to write when the season ended, uh, kind of follow up stuff and then, uh, stuff I'd collected and I had some other stories that, that came up and that got me to senior bowl week. I spent several days down in mobile and, uh, which was cool. I mean, it was obviously that was different. You don't have, you know, face to face, uh, interviews with the prospects, but I was still able to track some guys down and did some story stories on local prospects there, you know, came back, usually I go to the pro bowl. That didn't happen this year because it wasn't a pro bowl, but, uh, I was able to catch my breath and then went to Tampa for the week. And, uh, and that turned out better than expected. Again, it was different. Radio Row was different than in years past where it wasn't just a wild scene. Uh, but the city got kind of wild as the week went on, obviously when your, when your team is in it, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, came out and, and big numbers. So it was kind of a wild scene in Tampa Super Bowl week, but made it back from there. And then, uh, they've kind of been geared up some for, uh, the draft, uh, you know, some some developments for the Titans, obviously, you know, signed Kari Blossom game last week, released Adam Humphreys recently. There have been a few other things that have popped up. And now we're, uh, I've kind of got the draft in mind, and I've also got the start of free agency in mind because that starts next week. And Titans have some of their own they'd like to keep, obviously, some players uh, that will hit the market that they'll be interested in. And I'm kind of in wait and see mode. I mean, I, um, to see kind of what happens. The Titans are up against it as far as the cap goes. They don't have a lot of money to spend. You know, may have to get creative with finding ways to to have a little bit more to work with. But um, right now, it's we're kind of a week away from really things getting a little bit wild. And and um, I'm curious to see kind of what that brings. Could be some departures. Could be some additions. Uh, but there most certainly will be action. I'm I'm hyped for free agency. Um, so I have a quick question. This is a question from the previous season. What was the nicest stadium you went to for road games? And Lambeau is tough to beat, but but Lambeau limited capacity. Lambeau it was really not open to fans. It, they had fa- friends and family there, so it was a very small number. Uh, that was it's cool to be in Lambeau. That's uh, unlike any other place. But as far as the best stadium, uh, Minneapolis is pretty spectacular. Um, 
I had been there before for a Super Bowl, so it wasn't my first time there, but it, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool place. I have a quick question. So because I'm still learning about all of the salary cap and free agency and all that, can you uh, just do a, a really basic explanation for me and our listener, because I know we might have some people that are still learning as well, kids and uh, grownups alike. Teams have a certain amount of money that they're able to work with at all uh you know, all of them have the same number. And it sounds like $185 million, $180, $185 million is what uh, teams are going to have to work with. And you've heard a lot about teams uh, like the Titans who are going to have some issues this year because the cap has shrunk. Uh, every year since I've covered the team, the cap has gone up steadily, uh, you know, by, you know, sometimes $5, 10000000 million. And teams... Uh, and their GMs and their cap guys can kind of base contracts and base the future on that number going up each year. So you kind of know you've got to fit all the guys on your roster into this certain space uh, as far as money to spend. Well, this year, instead of the cap going up because of the issues surrounding the pandemic, it's going, you know, it's going, you know, teams are, not having as much money uh, to work with. So that's leading to players across the league getting cut, like Adam Humphreys. And you've seen some other players across the league who have been cut as a result of that. So the Titans have, I think the last I saw, maybe with a rollover from last year's money, I think maybe somewhere in the $7, $8 million range, they can free up more money by parting ways with players or restructuring contracts where they give them more money now and kind of spread that money out over the course of several years that helps you with cap relief there are a lot of different strategies that teams use but as far as how contracts work i think the simple explanation on how things work and gets a cap um, a player's base salary counts against the cap each year but let's say sign a player uh, and give them a $10 million signing bonus. Uh, and that's a four-year contract. That $10 million doesn't count against your cap this year. You can spread out the signing bonuses over the four years of the contract. So $2.5 million count this year, $2.5 million count the next year, $2.5 the next year, $2.5 the next year. That way you don't have that big chunk hitting you now, and you've got – Two and a half million part hitting, and then whatever the player's base salary is. Let's say they're getting paid a million dollars. So that cap will be hit will be three point five million for two thousand twenty one. If it's a if it's a four year deal, that helps me a lot. Thank you. Yeah, same here. I honestly did not know a whole lot about the cap cap and salary stuff. I mean, I had I had an idea of what it was, but I wasn't quite sure on how it worked. So uh, that, that was really helpful um, on you fill, uh, fill, uh, telling us all that we need to know about the cap stuff. And there, I believe there's a lot more to it. Like they've, there's roster bonuses and all kinds of other, you know, performance bonuses and playtime bonuses and a lot of other things that go with it that teams will use to, uh, to work, you know, to try to maneuver against the cap. It's, it's, when I first started working, covering the Titans for the team, that's what I had to study up the most is just how the salary cap works, how these contracts work, and and uh, it's it's pretty complicated, complicated deal. 
And I know from a fan perspective, one that has not previously followed all of the salary cap stuff in the free agency, it's pretty much the time of the year where who's going to be on the team and who's not going to be on the team. And that's, uh, this is the start of it, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's, you know, it's certainly a scenario where you could have some guys who are on the team now that are not on the team this time next week, just because, mm-hmm. you know, once you start the new league year, which is next week, then, you know, certain contracts expire. A lot of guys get roster bonuses that go into effect at a certain time of the year. And sometimes teams have to make decisions before they pay like a $2 million roster bonus. Okay. Why you'll see stuff happen now is because certain players have, you know, in their contract, certain dates where they get paid a certain amount. And to, you know, if you don't have a certain player in mind and you part ways with them and don't have to pay that money. Wow. Wow. Seriously in-depth education from Mr. Jim Wyatt today. I love it. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> that sounds like uh that sounds like a lot that GMs have to keep track of and stuff. Yes. Like like the play players uh, ro- like seriously, um I don't know how John Robinson does what he does because that's like that, that must be a lot of work. It is and it's so much that he has and that's what you got to be good in math too like these agents and certainly the GM and the cap guys you know, they've certainly got to be, you know, well-versed on the cap. The Titans have a guy by the name of Vin Marino who kind of works behind the scenes. You guys might not have heard of him. A lot of people don't know Vin Marino because he's not an out-front guy, but he is their cap guy. He's the one that kind of works the contracts. He deals with the agents. John Robinson's involved. He talks on a regular basis with these agents. But, you know, John – is certainly responsible for knowing what va- what a guy's value is, knowing what other guys at that position are making, not one to exceed that. He knows what players he wants on his team and whether they're worth it. Um, and he's got to make it work while Vin is the guy who kind of prepares the contracts and kind of works through the bonuses and deals with the agent and tries to massage it in a way where they can spread money out over the life of the deal. Uh, So Vin is a very busy guy this type of year, doesn't get a lot of credit, doesn't want a lot of credit. He prefers to be behind the scenes, but he's an extremely smart guy who who really works the numbers and, and kind of makes it work. Wow. Used to work for the league. So he's got a great reputation with a lot of Yeah. And, uh, That's really wow. awesome. I love learning more about the team and how big the organization really truly is. It's just yeah. beyond the players on the field. There's so many uh people on the team. It is truly a team within a team within a team, you know, outside of the team on the field. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. So how many interviews and Zoom calls do you think that you did in the 2020 season? Uh, all inclusive of oh, everything. It's <laughs> uh, you know, you think about during the course of the season. Usually, you did on Tuesdays. You did interviews with the position coaches, which is you know an offense or defense. Sometimes that would amount to five or six guys. On, on Wednesday, I always had Vrabel and probably three players, so that's up to 10. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Vrabel, three players, that's 13. Friday, Vrabel, three players, that's 16. Game day, Vrabel, and probably up to six or seven players. What's that, 22, 23? And then you times that by 16, 
that's the season, but then that doesn't even count what everything that happened during training camp. So, um, and, and you know, I did a lot of interviews with people that don't work for the team. Just, you know, what I was on with Mel Kuyper this morning and, and different, you know, did, 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 was on zoom calls with head coaches for the other team. So, I mean, I'd say just off the top of my head doing the math, it was well over 500. Oh my gosh. And that's excluding radio interviews. That's just truly within the team, correct? Right. That's right. So I'm about zoomed out. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, Zooms are work for some ways. Like I prefer actually the Monday Zoom call, uh, but with the head coach instead, again, talked about rushing back uh, to try to get to the facility after a road game for a variable press conference. Uh, I'd prefer to do it on Zoom uh, uh, because that's a lot easier. It, it gives you a little lot, lot more flexibility on travel. Again, Monday is one of my busiest days. I'm writing follows from the game. I'm trying to get my Tuesday mailbag. I've got other stuff I work from out of the game. I, I need every minute I can get on a Monday. So I'm perfectly fine with Zoom conference calls moving forward. But as far as everything else, I hope everything's in person, you know, from the coaches' press conferences to having an open locker room in the week after the game. Uh, because, you know, everybody, if you're on a Zoom call, you know, with 20, 25 people and somebody gives a great answer, then everybody's got it. I mean, everybody's tweeting it out. And, um, you know, I kind of have tried to think a part of the reason I've been up long, around for so long is that, you know, I've, you know, I do a lot of homework. I, I do, you know, a lot of research and, you know, I, I prefer to, you know, when you've got, you know, the gaggles, which is what you call it in the media, if you've got a, you know, a gaggle around, you know, um, you know, Malcolm Butler, where you've got 20, 25 people gathered around him, all the TV cameras, if he says something, everybody's got it. If, if everybody's around Butler, I'm going to, you know, Kevin Byard and, and asking him something by myself, or I'm going to talk to A.J. Brown by myself before the group gets there, and then I can always circle back and get Malcolm Butler without people being around. So I just prefer to be able to have person-to-person interaction, feel like you get better stuff that way, and it's just, you know, not everybody's got the same thing. I mean, it just that's just how – that's just the way I look at it. Sure. You can every once in a while you can hear something. I mean, somebody will have a, a better question than me or get a better answer than me, and I'll use it. But a lot of times, if somebody says something good, you know, that I've asked, that it gets used too. It works both ways. But I like I like my I I kind of bet on myself going into a locker room because I know these guys as well. As and, and certainly, there are a lot of people around the team that that do their homework and know these guys and think the same way I do. Um, they feel like they can get better stuff on their own too. I'm not the only one thinking right. like this. That sounds pretty organized, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of preparation and lots of organization. Yes. So I have a couple really quick questions for you. So during the off season, what are your hobbies during the off season? And do you follow any other sports or teams when you're not writing for the Titans? I love the Dodgers, and uh, I spend most of my time on the porch. Again, this is video, but this is I spend most of my time sitting on my porch watching um, the Dodgers on that TV. Uh, I've got the baseball package. I've had it from DirecTV since 1996, probably one of the 
longest DirecTV subscribers, but I've had DirecTV for what 25 years. Uh, so, and I, I got DirecTV so I could watch the Dodgers about every. I think if they play 160, you know, they play 162 games. I bet 160 of them are on TV. I, I don't watch every one of them, but believe me, I watch a lot of them. And uh, a lot of times I'll work at night watching them. The Dodgers start at nine o'clock at night on the West Coast when they play at home. So that's right in my wheelhouse. I stay up and I can watch the Dodgers as I'm working. So I love baseball. During a normal year, I'm trying to go to, on baseball trips. I've probably seen 50, 60 games in Dodger Stadium. Uh, I used to go see the Dodgers in Atlanta or St. Louis or Cincinnati or Chicago. And I, it's not as much fun going to those stadiums and cheering for the opposing team. I thought if I'm going to go, I'm going to start going to L.A. So try to get to L.A. whenever I can. I try to vacation um, as much as possible. Last year, that didn't work out well with the pandemic. I get four weeks of vacation. I, I lost 17 vacation days at the end of February that I didn't use just because I didn't have anywhere to go ever take time off. So hopefully I can use my vacation days this year, but so I like to travel, like to watch the Dodgers. Uh, I've got two kids and uh, you know, we play golf. We you know do a lot of stuff. I love, you know, usually go to CMA festival during the summer. That's not going to happen this year. Um, but work never really stops for me um, because I, you know, I feel like, you know, I've got a website that I'm the only writer for. And if I'm on vacation for a week, there's nothing on the website for a week. So sometimes I'll work through vacations and, uh, but also try to find time to get away and, and uh, enjoy, enjoy a little downtime. It's almost like you have your own small business within the business yeah. of the Titans. <laughs> And Jim, I I kind of hate to say this to you, but I'm a Braves fan, and I. Well, Braves got Braves scared me this year. I thought the Braves were going to knock my Dodgers out. And, uh, when it was three to one, I wasn't real. It wasn't. Uh, I was sick at my stomach. Uh, Casey, it's been since 1988 since the Dodgers have won the World Series. So you, you're still very young. You've got you've got your whole life to see the Braves. Win. There you so go. Maybe, <laughs> that was yeah, so maybe. Yeah, hopefully the Braves will win in uh, in 2070. When you'll probably, <laughs> when you'll probably be, what, how old will you be then? About uh, 2070, 50, you'll be about uh, uh, 61 years old then? Uh, I'll be like 60, 62. Okay, maybe? 60. <laughs> so 2070, I probably won't be around uh, anymore. Uh, hopefully I will, but uh, the Braves can start winning then. Until <laughs> then. I hope my Dodgers. While you're on Earth, it's Dodgers all the way, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I see. I watch a lot, but uh, yeah, I watch a lot of baseball. Um, You know, got a lot of Vanderbilt baseball games whenever you can. I went to the College World Series uh, two years ago to see them win out there in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, and um, just enjoy uh, you know working around the house a little bit. I'm not too uh, exciting like I used to be when I was younger. I'm pretty, I'm pretty low key, but um, but still enjoy enjoy life a heck of a lot. Yeah, you do. Well, you're living full speed most of the year anyway, so downtime, it's uh, yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's hard to complain about you know going to you know 
like I was looking at the road schedule uh, next year for the Titans, and I know you know, and I, you know, I always feel like I get kind of many vacations during the fall because they're mm-hmm. to play in LA against the Rams. They're going to play in Seattle against the Seahawks. They're going to play yeah. against the Jets. I think in New York they're going to play in you know in, right outside of Boston against the the Patriots. I mean, it's it's one of the better road schedules uh, the Titans have had in a long time. Which one is going to be your favorite? Um, you know, we were in Foxborough not long ago. I'm looking forward to going to L.A., uh, but just because of the new Rams Stadium. And hopefully it's in September where I can go out there on a Friday and see the Dodgers play on Friday night and Saturday night and then go to the baseball football game on Sunday. I can only be that lucky. Just to hope if you, when you see the schedule come out and if you see the first thing I do every year when the schedule come out comes out is to see if the Dodgers are in that in in one of the opposing teams' city that weekend, and see how it matches up with the Vanderbilt football schedule. Just to see how many of those games I can go, go to. And my daughter goes to Alabama University, of Alabama, so I always look at their schedule. The first thing I do is just kind of see how my fall is going to look and how many games I'm going to go to, in addition to the football games on Sunday. Well, fingers crossed that you will be able to travel to everyone that you want to go to. Hope so. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a blast having you on. And is there anything you would like to share with us and your listener before you go? Uh, let me think. Nothing too exciting other than uh, get geared up. I mean, I will say that, you know, fans I know are, are uh, free agency is always an exciting time because you think about all these players you'd like to have on your team. I will say that um, – to try not to, <laughs> I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but you know, you see all these great free agents that you'd like to have. I know everybody wanted JJ Watt. I'm sure everybody wants Shaq Baird. I'm sure everybody wants, uh, you know, all the, you know, John U. Smith, Corey Davis, Daquan Jones, you know, Jayon Brown. They want all the Titans free agents re-signed. Just um, uh be prepared to be on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster because you're not going to be able to get all the guys that you want. May have to say goodbye to some other guys, uh, but just know that you know, the GM and the head coach of uh, you know they've got a plan and uh, and we'll try to keep this team in contention for as long as they possibly can. Well, like we shared with uh, our friend Lance Smith and John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, we trust. <laughs> so. Yeah, they do a good job and got a good owner. They really do. Adam Strunk. Oh, she is the queen. So, listener, don't forget to check Jim out on TennesseeTitans.com. And if you you want to ask Jim a question, write to his mailbag. He'll give you some good answers. The best answers. Yes, the best answers. (laughs) I wish you could see some of the questions that I can't answer in there or uh, because that would be pure comedy, too. <laughs> that should be the memoir you publish. Uh, yeah. You know, when you retire. Some of them during the season are are, are not uh, suitable for for all audiences. I, like some of the emails after the Bengals game this year were not uh, great. Well, and my favorite is when I'm reading some of them. Kason and I'll sit and read them as they come out, and on you publish them on Tuesdays. And what I have discovered is late Friday night into Saturday morning on some of the, the weekend ones. Yes. Yeah. If I'm like, if I'm up late enough, I'll, I'll catch them sometimes. But when uh, we have seen where people are actually 
sending you mailbag questions from the actual game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Funny to be. Times <laughs> like, send them. Yeah. What? The game will, will go differently. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for taking the time. We know that you're super busy, and especially on the eve of a big day or not big day tomorrow for the Titans. It's to be determined. But um, we will. We would love to have you back on again. And you know, we're we're so grateful to just see your face and to catch up with you for a few minutes. And can you share with our listener where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Wyatt Sports. Uh, that's my Periscope, which is going Periscope is going away in March. So I'll be. I know. Uh, but you can do Twitter. I guess Twitter a lot. I still do it on Twitter. Uh, I, I forget what that's called, but uh, and then fa- I'm on Facebook. Although I'm, I think I've maxed out as far as uh, friends on there because I'm friends with a lot of Titans fans who've requested. I think you're only allowed to have five thousand. But Twitter, Instagram at Jay White Sports, Facebook if you can squeeze in. And if somebody else drops off, and then uh, and I think that's it. I'm on Snapchat, but I only snap my my daughter and my wife and uh, my nephew and my son that's it thank you so much jim for joining uh for joining us stay safe and tighten up y'all have a great night good to see you